Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I'm going to give you a breakdown of how to help teach your child how to verbalize, recognize, understand, be aware, all the different things of feelings. I've talked about this a lot before, and I even have a podcast that's called Stop Telling Your Kids How They Feel. And I know that I probably touch on this part of it in that podcast, but I really feel that it's necessary to go even deeper into how, like how, how do we help our children understand feelings, what they are, and how to verbalize them. The first thing to understand is that it's going to be different for every single individual male, female, like you name it, every human, it's going to feel and be different. It depends on the individual fluency within your brain, honestly, of like, does that work for me? Is that, is that something that feels good to discuss my feelings? Now, what we know about the brain is that neuroplasticity is everything. And while Originally, it was thought that zero to five years old is really that neuroplastic time. We now know through many, many studies and many humans teaching this now, like we now know that our brain brain is plastic forever and we can support our brain into rewiring. We can support our brain into healing. We can support our brain into gaining more fluency within each different portion of our brain. I want you to think of your brain like a bicep and a tricep and a, you know, a quad and a, and a glute and a this and a that. If you only go into the gym and you only do crunches and planks and all the things, you may have a six pack, but the rest of your body may look flaccid. It just may not look so great, right? You have to utilize the muscle in order for it to either gain strength or maintain, right? I know you've heard of if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's kind of all wrapped into a pretty bow, the same concept. If you In your individual brain, if it doesn't function where it's just simply able to be like, I feel really sad today and I feel angry at you and I feel that like if you have a hard time expressing emotions or have fear to express emotions or fear that you aren't allowed or can't, hey, dads, I'm also talking to you. 
men, like that doesn't mean you're broken. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed. It just means that maybe it's wildly uncomfortable for you to the point where smoke detector, right? Just like you think that the house is maybe on fire. If you need to step in and share feelings, your brain may trigger a response that says, "Mm -mm, I'm sniffing out some smoke. This feels dangerous. I'm backing up. I'm peacing out. So literally your brain might push and resist away from saying the hard emotional things because your brain's not used to it, not because it can't. It's just that muscle has not been flexed enough. And so that is why it is so important where I give you examples of how to do this with your kids. And when I work with clients, that's why I work with adults now rather than kids is because if you yourself don't understand it and feel it, how the heck are you going to be able to teach it to your children? That there's no, like, there's, look, look, I've tried. I did it for over a decade in my clinic. Like I owned a clinic, like paid rent, 3000 square feet, had kids coming in all day long, had contracts with schools and medical daycares. Like we did it all and it still wasn't working. And that's because it has to start with us. Now, why is it so important to teach this to our children at such a young age? Well, I'm working with clients, I'm working with adults, and it's excruciating to start feel, feeling your feelings. Like it's not fun, it's uncomfortable. And yes, you get comfortable with it. And that's what I rewire your brain to feel. But the earlier we can do this, the better. I started this with my kiddos very, 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 very young. Eli was two and Charlie was five. And for one of my little creatures, boom, like it, it was, it was easy. It was no big deal. Like so easy to just be like, how do you feel? I feel this with another one of my kiddos. I've been working on this for years. And I've remained consistent and I've never given up because I know how important this particular, like literally this particular question of how do you feel or teaching them to recognize how they feel that will get like, that will get you through life. Like if I teach you nothing else, and I've said this in the steps to regulate yourself, like one of the first podcasts I did was like, if there's nothing else you take from me, like in all of your time of listening to me, just spew out things on, you know, YouTube or or Instagram or TikTok or this podcast, like if there's nothing else you learn from me, learn how to feel your feelings and verbalize them. It will absolutely drastically change your life. Because if you're in a fight with your partner And your partner says, I feel really sick and I, you know, I I can't, I can't pick up the kids today from school or, or something. And like, I feel really frustrated that I always do the dishes and I need some help. If you can't say, wow, thank you for sharing. I feel a little triggered. I feel right. I feel triggered by hearing that because I do the laundry and the cooking and the trash and like. If you can't feel your feelings, what's going to come out is tit for tat, right? Of like, I feel, and and I feel statement probably won't even come out. It's like, well, I, I do all the dishes and the laundry and this and that. And then your partner's going to be like, 
well, I go to work all day and I do this and I do that. And like, you can't do this. And you think it's so easy to like, I'm telling you, like I, Jonathan and I did it. Like, it's so easy to get to that point. And so if we can understand that when someone is saying, I feel it has nothing to do with the other person, meaning I feel really frustrated. That's my own shit to work out. You don't need to take that on. Now, do I need a partner to hear me? Yes, please. Like that's what I long for is to feel seen and heard. It's the same for our children. The same for our children. Most of the time, what we hear is, mommy, Stacy didn't play with me on the playground today. And oh, that's okay. We didn't like Stacy either. Like go play with John right? Like we fix, we put a bandaid. We don't like hearing that our children are in pain or that they're struggling. But what they really need is for us to say, wow, tell me more about that. How did that make you feel? Allow them to have a voice, allow them to process it, allow them to heal it. Otherwise they're going to have to go to therapy. I mean, we all need therapy. I don't think any human should on this earth should do it alone. I personally believe every single human on this earth should have some form of support, coach, mentor, please make sure you're doing the right coach or mentor, therapist, anyone, like make sure that you have someone, everyone needs someone, like period, the end. And if you feel uncomfortable telling them all the deep, dark, secret things, find someone else because you need to be able to say all the dirty, nasty, grody stuff that you don't want to tell anyone else. Anyway, we want our children to know no matter what they tell us, we will always listen always listen. And it's always okay to feel. So I'm going to give you an example. Eli, a few years ago, maybe last year or the year before, came home and said, we, we always talk before he goes to bed. I do the same with Charlie. Eli's, I said, Eli, how was your day at school? We talked for a second. He said, so-and-so like pushed me at, at, or threw something at me, you know, at lunch. I don't remember exactly what the whatever the situation was, but he did something he didn't like. And I said, immediately, I said, how did that make you feel? And Eli said, I felt really sad. And I said, thank you so much for sharing. And I said, did you tell him how it made you feel? And he looked at me like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? And I was like, wow. Okay. That's where we're at. So then we had a conversation and I said, well, I said, if mommy hit you or whatever the kid did, I said, if mommy threw food at you, right, how would that make you feel? He said, sad. And I said, would you tell mommy that made you feel sad? And he said, yes. And I said, so why wouldn't you tell him? And again, his eyes were like, what? That's okay. And that just goes to show that we can teach our kids these things at such a young age, but where they first need to feel the comfort and where they first need to feel the safety of it is with the ones they feel the safest with, which is you. And that will allow their brains to practice that skill and to be able to feel so comfortable with it that outside the walls of their home, they will do the same. It will remain consistent, whether it's in or outside the walls of their home. Now, let's move through the steps to take, right? Let's say 
you have a child who is struggling to identify or even understand feelings or has no idea what to do, okay? First step is whatever they share, whatever's coming at you, whatever they're sharing at you, or even let's say they're having a tantrum and they want another snack. Meltdown's different. Meltdown, do not start asking them how they feel. You need to know the difference between a meltdown and a tantrum. And if you don't, I have a course on it that you can purchase on my website. And I also have a podcast on it. So there's plenty of information on meltdown versus tantrum. Yes, they are different. Neurologically, they are different. But if we're in a tantrum, they know what they want. Meltdown, they have no effing idea. They're offline. Okay. Tantrum, I want to, no, 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 no. Okay, cool. It's not going to be like, oh, I can't handle this. We're going we're gonna to crouch down and be like, how do you feel right now? We want them to be able to verbalize their feelings, okay? So they may not know, but that's what we're going to start with is like, how do you feel right now? Now, I don't need your four-year-old to be like, I feel flabbergasted. Like, like well, come on. Like, when's the last time you actually use that word? You're going to be like, yesterday and laughing at me right now as you're listening to this, but like, I don't know when the last time I used that word. Half the SAT words, like, uh, hello, like, I think you just heard my podcast on Hashimoto's. Like, I'm sure you're, I, like, the brain fog is legit. I definitely can't pull up a bunch of SAT words at the moment to be like, I feel, I don't know, whatever it is. I feel X, Y, Z. But happy, sad, angry, frustrated. Like, stick to simplicity. Like, joy. Like, simple. I don't even care if you stick to happy and sad, like teach your kids simple, simple stuff. Like, they, like, and you utilize that too. Like, why do you need to be like, I feel, I don't know. Like, like, no, like I feel pissed. Like, cool. That's a great blunt. I know exactly where you're at. Like, got it. Right. How do you feel right now? Now for the kiddos who can immediately say how they feel, that's wonderful. Okay, but let's dive into the ones who don't, okay, or the ones who you're teaching. And like I said, I started this with Eli at two, not saying they're going to become proficient in it, but you can try it out and then keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Just like I have done with my other son who was like, get away from me. I don't want to talk about my feelings. So if they don't know the feeling, if they look at you and like, I don't know, I want you to give them two options, two completely different options, maybe happy and sad, right? And I want you to say, do you feel happy? And like smile and, sh and like show them what happy and animated looks like, okay? Or do you feel sad? Or like, do you feel angry? Like show them so that they can kind of visually, right? All the stimuli, auditorially, ears, visually see all the different things we're teaching them. We're giving them a model to be able to learn this stuff. I think as parents, we feel like they'll just get it. Like, duh, they're around us. Like they're going to understand this shit. They're not. We have to teach and educate our children for the world. Like we do. So give them two options. Let's say you say happy and sad and they say, I feel sad. And you know, they don't feel sad. Like, you know, they don't, you know, they feel either angry or, or let's say, you know, they feel happy. Okay. If they say the second answer, I want you to switch it again and be like, okay, so you feel, so do you feel sad or do you feel 
happy. If they give you the second answer, that means they still have no earthly idea what you mean. And there is a time frame where a lot of kids go through that, where they just answer because they're not really listening to the first answer, to be quite honest with you, because their attention span is not that long. So really tune into that. If they give you the second answer, that's when you go into a whole lesson on, well, what I am seeing is that I think you kind of feel happy. And let me tell you what happy means, right? So basically, we aren't giving them an answer until we're like, hmm, you don't know. So now it's time for lesson A, right? Lesson B, right? Then we're giving them the knowledge for the next time, okay? If they get it right, you can still swap it out just to check and make sure. But at the end of the day, we want them to be able to literally words coming out of their mouth. Words coming out of their mouth. The other night I was laying with Charlie and we've traveled a lot. He went to sleepaway camp this summer. He stayed at my mom's for a week per usual with Eli. And so for some reason, it's okay. Charlie's had a little bit of an anxiety going to sleep. I think we got to the root of it last night, but I didn't just give him the answers of how do you feel? And he paused when I would say, okay, let's, let's dive into that. How does it feel to think about not falling asleep? How does it feel to think about falling asleep? I think Charlie had a little bit of anxiety of both. The fear that he he was revving himself off of like, oh my God, you're going to leave the room and I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. And like, oh, this is just so frustrating. Like he was so cute. He was like, I think I'm having a panic attack. I think we need to go to the hospital. I was like, Charlie, I was like, we're doing just fine here, my man. Like we're good. Like he was just so cute trying to figure it out for himself. I love that dude so much. And We also talked through and he recognized through me asking questions. We recognized that he also had fears of falling asleep. And that is a very real fear for many, many children. But if we just said, oh, it's whatever, like you're fine, like like, you're just feeling anxious, like just keep breathing and go to bed, we wouldn't have gotten that far. We wouldn't have been able to feel his feelings of like, and how does it feel to think about falling asleep? And then how does it feel to have the fear of falling asleep, which means he had fear of not waking up, right? And so we moved through all of that, but you cannot do that if you're just telling your children how to feel. And I don't really care, like at the end of the day, like if my, let's say my kids get in trouble or something, or let's say they do something wrong, okay? If they come home and we have a really great conversation of how they felt and why they did X, Y, Z, I'm like, thank you for sharing. Like, we're all good here. Because they're gaining knowledge, self-awareness, intuitively understanding their internal system from a feelings, from an emotional standpoint. And so to be able to help our children understand how to get to the place of how they feel is hands down everything. Absolutely everything. Because once you can figure out how you feel, the next steps of regulation can come, right? And so what did we do after Charlie and I talked through it? We've been doing meditations every night, which has been so wonderful. And I love doing it with him. And I breathe through it and I do all the things too. It's wonderful. 
And instead of doing a 10 minute meditation, we did a 20 minute meditation last night. And I laid there next to him in his bed. And I really focused with him on breath work of like, like audible. I was like, do you hear how mine is? And I said audible. And I was like, it means you can hear it, right? Like to the point where he could really relax his body. And Charlie was asleep by the time the 20 minutes were over. And I was like creeping. I was like, doot, doot, doot. And I like turned on a sound machine. Both of my kids still sleep with the sound machine. Totally okay with that just in case something happens so that they get a good night's sleep because sleep is everything, everything for me and for them. And so I, I've given you a little bit more information and yeah, I've given you more information on both of my kids before, um, especially when it comes to examples and to help you kind of gain the knowledge and prove the point, maybe drive home the point, if you will. I haven't clearly identified which one of my kiddos is really great at feeling feelings and which one I've had to support and work through and help them learn. Clearly from my examples today, Eli has done very well understanding and expressing emotions. Charlie I've had to work with. And that doesn't mean that either one of them is broken or stronger than the other. It just simply means that, again, is the fluency within their brain. And so I am, I I can't even tell you how proud I am of Charlie. Like we have, yes, we have worked at this for years, but for him to be able to share his emotions and have the awareness of his emotions, I did not have that as a little girl. I did not have that as a young adult. I probably did not have that until I started doing this work many years ago on myself. And your feelings matter. Your feelings matter to share them with your family, your friends, your loved ones. And then to be able to see how those feelings are responded to helps you then see where you're at with your dynamic of friends, of family, of loved ones, of partnerships, of all the different things. If you have a partner who every single time you share your feelings, they completely get defensive. They shut down. They tell you everything you're doing wrong. Maybe even gaslight you. That's a shit storm. That's a complete shit storm. And so if we know that A, active listening is what we need to focus in on and B, feeling comfortable with others' emotions, others' extreme emotions or feelings to be able to hold them but not take them on, you have a place to go with your partnership. And I have said this before, but A lot of the clients that I work with, I got a message the other day from my incredible client, Claire. I love her to death. And she said one of the biggest takeaways she's taking away from working with myself and she worked with Brittany, who's on my team, is she said her marriage is stronger than ever, like stronger than ever. And she didn't come to us saying, please help my marriage. But through this work, it opens up so many avenues to be able to support your children and your partnership and your family and your friends to be able to really, it's like the Brene Brown stuff of like, she says like vulnerable is like, you know, vulnerability is like the secret to everything. Well, cool. But like, how the F do you actually do it? Like, how do you allow yourself to do it when the smoke detector is telling you there's a burning building, I need to stop, drop and run. We need to get down to our feelings. We need to be able to feel it. We need to be able to be aware of it 
validate it, accept it, and allow it. It's uncomfortable. It's so much easier to push it away. It's so much easier to put it on a shelf. That means you don't have to deal with it. But I find that the ones who put it on a shelf are holding it all within their body, holding all the tension. It's like tons of trash bags that need to be thrown in the trash. Like it's, it's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. There's this child's book. I can't think of the name, but when I think of it, it's called the, hold on, I'm going to look it up. The big bag of struggles, I believe. Kids book. Hold on. The huge bag of worries Buy that book. It's $11.99 on Amazon. It is fantastic. And it's actually so cute because I believe I'm not a hundred percent, but some of the wording in it reminds me of like how um there's little idiosyncrasies and it. it seems like it's someone wrote it from the UK or something. Like it's so cute. And it's an older book, but it literally gives this example of how no matter what, like this kid just drugged around this bag and they were so afraid to open the bag and they were so afraid and so afraid and so afraid and so afraid. But then once they opened it and they got the courage to open it and someone helped them, supported them into opening it, one by one, the bag got lighter. And it's this beautiful metaphor to help our children understand it's okay to feel our feelings. And it's the same for adults. And that is why despite maybe you not being in a beautiful healing feelings environment growing up, whether you're male or female, you can still do this now. And it's so crucial to teach this to our children as young as possible. Because like I've said today, it did take me time. It took me time with one of my kiddos. And now he's flying, like he's doing phenomenal. And he has that skill for the rest of his life rather than doing it as an adult. And if he had never done it, or if he didn't have me as his mom or didn't have the experience of learning his feelings, he'd be light years behind where he is now. And those tools were crucial for my children to be able to process the loss of their dad, to process the loss of how their dad died. Eli still does not know. Charlie does know. But for Charlie to be able to process that. Now, if you've heard that podcast, you'll know that I did not tell either one of them. And I still haven't told Eli until they asked. Charlie was asking enough questions, which meant I knew his brain was ready for the next step of processing on the grief pendulum or or processor journey. Like I knew Charlie was ready to start doing the work emotionally. But in order to do that work, he needed these skills and tools. I don't think that I'm the only one in America who has gone through trauma or pain or grief or needed these skills and tools for my children and for myself. We all go through things. Yes, some go through things a lot younger than others, but we all have hardships in our lives and we need to be able to have the tools to support ourselves through it. And instead of like my other podcast, like instead of teaching our children how to feel, let's focus in on teaching them how to have autonomy over their own feelings. I'm glad we had that chat. All right. Pretend like you're in a huddle and I'm like 
smacking you in the ass. I'm like, all right, ready, break. Now, go do some awesome parenting today. Remind yourself you're doing enough. You've got this. You're badass. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.